Welcome to Vida I Wish I Knew Then, a safe space where modern Latinas share their healing journeys on how to build confidence and are now breaking barriers. I'm your host, Jess, and this podcast will talk about our cultura and speak on topics we wish we knew before, of course, with a little Spanglish to it. Let's get started. Hello, hello, amigas. Great to have you back on another episode of Vida. I wish I knew then. If you're new here, welcome. Te invito a que agarres tu cafecito or a glass of wine and join us. In our last episode, we heard a little bit about my personal journey towards seeking mental health therapy. So if you haven't had the chance or the opportunity to listen to that episode, I encourage you to tune in to that episode. Come back as this one will make more sense sense to you. Today, we're going to talk about finding the right therapist for you. It's not easy to admit that you need help, but once we do get to that point, the next step is finding the right therapist. In my episode with Carmen Valencia, she talks about how she actually went through seven therapists to get to the right one and who and to find the one that was actually compatible with her. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend to listen to that one as well. Um, but Anyways, I don't want to scare you with Carmen's situation because it's not always the case. And I know that the thought of finding the right therapist can actually be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. I will piggyback on my last episode because in that episode, I talked about how I was pretty shocked that mental health services had many options for support. I want to tell you a little bit about my onboarding experience with Kaiser. In the beginning of the screening process, it involved a series of questions such as from one to 10, how often do you feel sad? Or from one to 10, how often do you lose your appetite? Along with other questions about suicidal thoughts. I guess they want to have a better idea of where you stand to determine what kind of assistance would be appropriate for you. So I talked about how I had difficulty answering the questions and eventually broke down into tears. The screener probably knew right away that I was probably not okay and he kindly offered me to skip the rest of the questions and proceed with the online test. Again, everything that I'm telling you is going to just be based on my onboarding process and my experience with Kaiser. I'm not sure if this is the same way with all other um, with all other organizations that deal with these situations. So during my first appointment with the therapist, she asked me, I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. So I did the screening test and they finally assigned me to a therapist. So during my first appointment with the therapist, she asked me a lot of questions to identify my triggers and to determine how she could help me. Me preguntó about my emotions, my job status, reasons for why I wasn't working, because I kept pushing. I'm not working right now. I'm not feeling well. And that could have been a huge trigger, but it could have been a lot more other things, right? So she was just trying to make sure that it wasn't just beyond that. She asked me if I was married or not. She asked me about the relationship with my husband, my siblings, my parents, my children. She even dived in into my childhood and motherhood. Most of the time, I felt like she was opening a can of worms and I wasn't unsure where she was trying to go 
to with all these questions. So yeah, the first day was just a, a set of many questions and that was it. The next day she called me with my diagnosis and she was able to tell me that I had severe anxiety, severe depression, and severe postpartum depression all at once. After receiving these diagnoses, I felt relieved. I felt validated that my emotions were genuine. Um, not that I was lying. So part of our culture, when at least in my culture, or from what I witnessed, either myself or friends, is whenever I would complain or someone complains about their emotions, the first thing that comes out is, oh my God, such a drama queen. So after receiving the diagnosis, I felt like my feelings were legit and that I wasn't over exaggerating. However, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was a little bit confused about the postpartum depression component, especially since my youngest child was no longer an infant and he was already two years old. Surprisingly, my therapist explained that the postpartum depression could actually last up to four years, which is shocked me. I was confused and believe it or not, I didn't believe my therapist. I'm like, uh, whatever. This is probably just them trying to make extra money here. I googled it. Yes, my friend, I googled it and yes, it is true. It is very common for postpartum depression to set, to last several months up to a year after giving birth for most women, right? That is one of the things that a lot of us know. However, in some cases, and personally, I'm assuming that you already have all these things that you're carrying as a stressor so for example after having a baby um, you have to worry about going back to work you probably already have family problems you may have money challenges you might have health problems so you have all these stressors now new moms no matter how many children they have they are in a new situation after giving birth now they have added new stressors those stressors that I mentioned on top of these new stressors and that can be stressors like caring for a new baby, caring for the baby's health, for their sleeping habits. Postpartum depression can last for two to three years, as I mentioned before, but in some rare cases, it can persist up to four years. And that was my case. So going back to my story after my first therapy session, I thought things were going to get a little bit easier because I'm like, okay, I already did the hardest part, which it is the hardest part, which is admitting that you need assistance. So I'm like, okay, we're good here. But no, I would not be honest with you if I told you that everything was great after that. It's still difficult after that because I sobbed my soul away every session for maybe four to six months. It was a challenge. It was challenging because I was releasing all the emotions that were weighing me down, especially because I was healing from trauma that I had been avoiding to talk about for a very long time. My therapist gently asked me more and more questions, starting with small talk about my family and my background. I told her about my husband and kids, and we chatted about our childhoods. So this is one of the reasons why I became so comfortable with her, because it felt like I was just having a normal conversation. As the session went on, she began to dwell deeper into my past, asking about my relationship with my parents, any traumatic experiences that I may have, and I felt 
felt myself opening up to her and telling her all the things I had never told anyone before, not even my best friends, especially because she had never anything negative to say. She didn't ask, Oi, why would you do that? Or why did you go back to him? Or don't be dumb. Nor did she ever talk down on those who hurt me. This is what I loved about therapy. Because yes, talking to someone that you love and you trust is very important. And I think that it still does a lot for you. But those people also love us with their whole heart. And sometimes their responses are biased, right? <laughs> As she asked more questions, I began to realize that the feelings of sadness and disconnect were more than just the result of not working. With her gentle guidance, I was able to recognize that I was struggling with severe postpartum depression, severe anxiety, and severe depression. It was a relief to finally have a name for what I was feeling and to know that there was actually help available. Over the next months, I worked closely with my therapist to develop coping strategies and explore the root causes of my mental health struggles. Through her guidance and support, I was able to make progress and start to feel more like myself again. It wasn't easy, but having her by myself made all the difference. I don't think that I would have been able to do any of this stuff all on my own. And I am grateful for that day that I was connected with her, unsure and scared, but willing to take that first step towards healing. As my therapist and I continue our sessions, I probably worked with her for about a year. I realized that I had been carrying around so much pain and anger for so long. I was shocked by the load of the emotions and the things that I had been pushing aside for so long. One of the biggest realizations for me was that my postpartum depression was still very high, highly present. And even though my son was already two years old, I had been struggling silently, trying to put on a brave face and pretend like everything was okay. Because the little couple times that I expressed that I felt some kind of sadness after having my baby, some of of the comments that I received from my loved ones were, why are you sad? You just had a baby. You should be feeling okay. But with the help of my therapist, I was able to identify major triggers that were a great, that were just pissing me off and just accelerating the depression that was causing me to feel so overwhelmed. Again, it was like I was opening a can of worms and I was flooded with all these emotions that I had been holding on for so long. I remember looking straight into my therapist's eyes and starting to ugly cry. I almost felt like I looked like the Kim Kardashian meme. <laughs> it was like something was broken inside of me. And this reminds me of that saying in Spanish, y lo digo con todo respeto y con humor, te falta un tornillo. But as hard as it was, it was also incredibly liberating. For the first time in a long time, I felt like I was truly acknowledging my pain and taking those those steps to address it. I quickly realized that it wasn't going to be easy. And even my therapist warned me that this was going to be a tough road ahead of me. 
But I was determined to heal and to find some relief from the pain that had weighing me down for a very long time. In the weeks and months that follow, I went through this grieving process as I let go some of the things that had been holding me back. It truly felt like I had lost someone. You see, amigas, I had lost someone and that someone was me, my unhealed self. But I also started to feel this sense of peace and acceptance. With my therapist's help, I was able to to develop these healthy coping strategies to help me start moving forward one step at a time. Another thing that my therapist mentioned was that I suffer from abandonment issues. At first, I was confused because I was like, well, yeah, my dad left, but my mom was there. She was always there for me, and she was the best mom that I could have ever asked for, and she never left me. So we can confirm that my dad's absence was part of my abandonment struggles. But here's the thing, my friends. My mom is the best mom I could have ever asked for, but she was also a single mom of three girls. And as much as she tried her best to provide for us, she was often working long hours and graveyard hours and was not always present emotionally. I was left feeling like I needed to take care of my sisters and myself. I had to grow up fast and become independent at such a young age. I believe I was already caring for my sisters at sixth grade. My therapist helped me to realize that this experience had a profound effect on my sense of security and trust in others, and that it was important for me to acknowledge and work through these feelings. Through therapy, I learned how to manage my anxieties and my insecurities and how to communicate my feelings and needs to others. I still struggle, but I have improved. My therapist also introduced me to meditation and mindfulness techniques. She taught me breathing exercises and gave me tips on how to focus on the present moment. At first, it was hard for me to quiet my mind and stay still. And I can, (laughs) I could still recall myself telling myself a few times, oh my God, this is so stupid. And there was other times where I would sit there and start making a big long list of what I needed to buy at the grocery store. But as I kept practicing, I noticed a significant improvement, not only in my mood, but overall in my well-being. I was able to handle stressful situations better and I felt more grounded and centered and I think even a little happier. Through therapy, I learned to put myself first and set healthy boundaries. I started to take care of my body, eating a little healthier, exercising regularly, and just getting sleep because I feel like that's the one part that um, we don't appreciate, sleep. I also learned to say no to things that didn't serve me and focus on what was truly important for me in my life because I often tend to say yes, yes, yes to everything, not knowing that instead of helping others, I'm hurting myself. It's been a few years now since I started therapy and I could honestly say that it truly changed my life for better. I feel more confident. I am more self-aware and I feel empowered to take charge of my mental health. I'm grateful for the support and the guidance of my therapist and I truly hope that my story can inspire others to seek help and take care of their mental health as well. It's crazy how we 
train our brain not to think about something that has hurt us. It's a natural response to try to push that memory all the way back, all the way to the back of our minds like a closet. We keep pushing all these memories away, but friends, they truly never go away. Instead, they linger in our minds. Now, let me tell you something. Has notado sometimes that when you eat or you smell or you hear something, it brings a certain memory or a certain feeling? Sometimes that feeling could be like, oh yeah, these tacos taste exactly like the ones in Tijuana that I ate while I was dating Juanito. Or it could be, ugh, that thing tastes like that Gatorade that I drank that one time and I was feeling so sick. Get that out of my face. Other times a specific taste, a sound, or a smell will remind you of an unknown memory and you'll get triggered. You'll start feeling antsy or you start feeling upset or you could even get happy just by a specific taste, sound, or smell. I always compare my memory to a house. If you keep bringing things over and over and just shove them into your closets, we'll later remember, oh yeah, I already had that. The same thing with our trauma friends. That memory is vague, but it's still there. So again, if you're looking into seeking for therapy, congratulations on taking the first step towards finding a therapist. It's not easy to acknowledge that we need help. It takes a lot of courage to take that step and you did it. However, finding the right therapist can be another obstacle, but it's not impossible. It's important to remember that not all therapists, son iguales, each one has their own approach, style, and expertise. Therefore, it's very important to take the time to find the therapist who is right for you. It may take some effort, but it's worth it at the end. If you want to take that route where they assign you a therapist, that could work. It worked for me, luckily, but it's not always the same scenario. But if you don't even know where to start and you just need help, go ahead and take that route where they assign a therapist for you. Fortunately, my first experience with the therapist was positive as this therapist assigned um, that was assigned to me turned out to be an excellent match. I was grateful to have found a therapist who was Latina, a mother around my age, and again, we connected very instantly. So yes, amiga, I am well aware that this is not always the case as my friend's situation demonstrated when I recommended my exceptional therapist to her. But unfortunately, it was not a good fit for her. So I told her, hey, I would highly recommend my therapist to you. She has done wonders with me. Um, we went over this and that and she did not. For her, it felt unbalanced. And she did one therapy session with her and that was it. She moved on. It's okay if it takes some time and effort to find the right match. The important thing is to keep searching until you find someone that you feel comfortable with and can trust. It's also important to find a therapist who can relate to your experiences. And what I mean by that is, for example, if you're a Latina woman frustrated with being underpaid and dealing with these tias, stealing your centerpieces at quinceañeras, you don't want to talk to a white male who knows nothing about those experiences, right? You want to find someone who understands where you're coming from and that can empathize with your struggles. I know that it can be difficult to identify what type of therapy you need at first. As we mentioned before, this may be your 
first time you're seeking for help or something that was never part of your upbringing. But it's important to remember that there are therapists with various specialties and areas of expertise. Some therapies specialize in working with individuals who have experienced childhood traumas, while others may specialize in marriage counseling or addiction therapy. Here is an idea of how you can identify what type of therapy you need. Again, I'm not a professional or a specialist in counseling, solely speaking based on experience. If you're dealing with a specific issue such as anxiety or depression, you may want to seek out a therapist who specializes in treating those conditions. On the other hand, if you're dealing with relationship issues with children or uh, your spouse or your partner, a couples therapy or marriage counselor, family care counselor may be a more appropriate. Do some research and don't be afraid to ask questions when choosing a therapist. Find out about their experience and training, their approach to therapy, and what type of issues they specialize in. This will help you find a therapist who is the best fit for your specific needs and goals. I mentioned this website before, latinxtherapy.com. Again, I am not sponsored by them, but there are there is a directory such as that one or other similar websites that can be helpful in finding a therapist who shares certain demographics or identities with you. I have even come across websites where you can see a quick clip of the therapist introducing themselves and just kind of giving you a short bio. I mean, a therapist-client's relationship is a personal one. Just like dating, what works for one person may not work for another. So do a little research on these therapists. Si se vale mirar antes de comprar. Don't be afraid to try, try different therapists before settling on one. Also, for my amigas who currently have therapists and love them at first, but now seem to have outgrown them, it's time to change. It happens as well. Listen, I loved my therapist and I am forever grateful for her because this woman dug deep and the healing I did was amazing. But after one year of therapy with her, I feel like I needed someone else with a different approach to look into other areas of my life. And they understand that too, friends. Not that you need to take their emotions into consideration, but like I said, it's a normal thing and they get it. One of the advantages of seeking out a therapist on your own rather than going through your healthcare provider like Kaiser is that you have more control on how often you meet with these therapists. Because according and again, your health coverage plan also plays a huge factor on this. I believe Kaiser was only allowing me to have one therapy session every three weeks. When you find a therapist independently, you can negotiate the frequency of your sessions and work together to develop a schedule that works best for you and your needs. However, it's important to note that there are also benefits to seeking out therapy through your healthcare provider. Many healthcare plans cover therapy services, which can make therapy more accessible or even affordable for individuals who might not be able to afford private therapy. I know that healthcare providers often have a network of therapists with a variety of specialties and cover your therapists outside your clinics, but be sure to ask. Bueno, amigas, I hope that you guys find this information helpful. Recuerda, the final therapist should be your decision, but please take 
take the, the variety of factors into consideration, including financial, personal preferences, and the availability of your therapist in your area. Whatever approach you choose, it's important to prioritize finding a therapist who is a good match for you and who you feel comfortable working with. I'm cheering you on, girl. Go find that therapist who can help you thrive and focus on bigger and better things in life. Esto es todo. Muchas gracias por acompañarme. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for tuning in to Vida I Wish I Knew Then. I appreciate your support and hope to continue providing valuable insights and inspiration. I invite you to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Your reviews will help this podcast reach more modern Latinas like yourself who are on a mission to break through barriers. Also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Vida underscore with underscore Jess to stay updated on the latest episodes and behind-the-scenes content. Recuerda, we're all on a journey of growth and self-discovery, and we're here to support each other. Las quiero mucho.